We magnify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a privilege it is to stand before this church, my home church, filled with people that I love. Thank you for this uh, opportunity, Pastor Bland. Counted it a great honor to be able to address you and preach what I believe the Lord. He's laid on my heart to give to somebody here today. Amen. And before I begin Acts chapter 3, I'm going to read a few verses in Acts chapter 3. I do want to give honor, tell my wife how much I love her. Tomorrow is our anniversary. So, so thankful for her. It was an honor to get up this morning and make my way downstairs and see her head buried in the floor in front of the fireplace. And I had no doubt she was praying for me. And that's a privilege and an honor. What an honor. And I honor her today. Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. He saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, and he asked them for money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from them. But then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was him who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And I want to take my title from the sixth verse in Peter's words where he simply said, but such as I have, but such as I have. I believe the Lord is in this place and he has something to impart to this congregation. Would you lift your voice? Would you invite his spirit to minister right now? Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your presence we feel. We know you are in this place. We sense miracles and signs and wonders in the atmosphere today and we've come to receive from you and we've come to lift you up because you are great. Be glorified in this place today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In roughly about three and a half years of ministry, watching and following Jesus as he taught, as he healed, 
as he spoke, as he preached, and trained those disciples for three and a half years. But even after three and a half years of walking and talking closely with the master, the disciples still did not have everything they needed to do the work of the kingdom just yet. Jesus did miracles. The disciples watched. Or if they participated, it was more like, hey guys, you go find some food. I don't care how much or how little, and I'll multiply it. You hand it out, but I'll do the miracle. They participated, but didn't really do a whole lot on their own. Jesus could speak to the demoniac at Gadara and cast out devils. But when a father came to the disciples because his son was possessed, often throwing himself into the fire to kill himself, the disciples didn't know what to do. And they couldn't do anything about it. The dad found Jesus and said, Master, your followers can't help my son. And immediately Jesus spoke to the spirits and the son was delivered in an instant. You know, really the closest they ever got to doing like Jesus was when he sent them out, 70 out in pairs with partners, and they came back just a little while later amazed that even the demons were subject to the name of Jesus. Three and a half years of watching, listening, training, They still didn't possess what they needed to do the work God had called them to do. But before Jesus stood on the mountain, before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you're gonna be witnesses for me throughout all the land. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Spirit, that same Spirit that Jesus cast out demons, that same Spirit that Jesus reached out and healed the lame, that same Spirit. They received what they needed to do the work God had called them to do. Thank you, praise team and choir. Jesus told his disciples, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father, because I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send something to fill you that you can do the work I've been called, you've been called to do. And I want everyone to hear me today. We have been filled for a purpose. There was a reason. Not only was it so your sins would be washed away and so you'd have hope in heaven one day, but when his spirit filled your life, he called every single one of us for a purpose. 
I remember as a kid, we used to sing an old song. I've got it. I've got it. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I can't explain it, but I've got it. Do you know what you've got? You've got it. You have exactly what you need to do the work God has called you to do. I've got it. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I've got it. Now, I know I'm not just preaching to preachers today. I'm not just preaching to, to, to church planners today. I'm preaching to a congregation who fills roles around this church every single week. You have jobs that you were purposely placed there by the hand of the Lord. You've got exactly what you need inside to do the work God has called you to do. Just after Pentecost, the sun had set on that beautiful day where 3,000 had received the Holy Ghost. Then finally, it got back to business as usual. And Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And there was a certain man who was lame from his mother's womb whom they carried every day to the gate of the temple. Every day, this man, we don't know how long, we know he was born lame, but we don't know how long he had been carried every day. It was his routine. Wake up in the morning, get de look decent, and somebody, we don't know who it was, would pick that man up and walk whatever distance it was to the temple and lay him down right outside the gate. I'm not sure what he thought the first few times he was brought to the gate, but after all these years, I can imagine it probably got old, probably got pretty mundane. And I don't know what he expected the first few times. I don't know what he expected, but it just became asking for alms. Expectation had died. You see, over time, he'd begun to blend in to the surroundings. Just like that homeless man who sits on the corner of the exit where you take to go to your house. Kind of blend in with the surroundings after a while and you don't even really notice him. I don't even really notice him. Become, they become invisible. You can imagine after the years of this man being laid at the gate, becoming invisible, blending into the surroundings, nobody made eye contact with him anymore. Nobody looked at him in the eyes. Nobody treated him as if he was a normal human being anymore. He was flawed. He was broken. And people just kind of ignored him. And I can imagine for this man, religion no longer held hope or expectation. No power, no possibility, only dry and dead and a place to find the occasional compassionate soul who would give him something natural to hold him over until tomorrow. Sustain him for one more day. He's the kind of man that just settles into the mindset that church is where I go to get what I need to get over the disappointments of last week. 
and get something, really anything, to hold me and sustain me for the next week. I know there's maybe some here today, you, if we could have seen you really, how you really are down deep inside, you crawled in this place just thinking if I could just get there, get something to kind of dull the pain from last week and give me a little bit of hope to get me through this next week. But like this man, don't, you don't know that there is so much more. There are others like this lame man who maybe they've been hurt by religion. Maybe they've been bruised or even crippled by the church or somebody in the church and their faith has faded and their hope is history and their expectation has been extinguished. But Peter and John, freshly filled with the Holy Ghost, came to a prayer meeting at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was nearing the end of the day, especially if it was daylight savings time when it gets dark about 4.15. It was nearing the end of the day and this lame man, just like he did every day, asked for alms. They had laid him daily at the gate. He, he'd been there all day long. The sun only a few hours away from setting. Nothing out of the ordinary and just mundane had happened that day until... Peter and John. For many, it's getting late. They've just about given up on the day. The sun is about to set. They've given up on religion, and they've given up on hope, and they've given up on any possibility of life being any different than what it is. There's many that we pass every day. They've been hurt. They've been bruised. And they've given up. The sun's about to set. They're about to throw in the towel for good. But it's not too late. Somebody here today, let me tell you, you're in the right place. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Jesus is here. And to the rest of you, don't give up on those who are still laid at the gate because God has promised and his promises will come to pass. Or maybe you today have been surrounded by religious folk all your life but you've never found what you're looking for. But Peter, fastening his eyes on the lame man, he saw him. He looked at him. He didn't pass by like I do so often, that homeless man that's on the corner. I don't want to catch his eye because he might think I want him to approach the car and give him something. I know how it goes. You try to avoid eye contact and... They're used to that. This lame man was used to that, but the Bible says specifically Peter fastened his eyes. He looked deeply into him. He stopped for a moment and gave this man some validation, looked deeply into his eyes and said, look at me. Because I can imagine, as they do, when you finally look at some of them, they'll turn their head. They're ashamed, many of them, because of the life they've lived and the hope that's gone. But Peter grabbed that man and said, look at us. The Bible says he did, and he expected to receive something. Now, he probably didn't expect to receive much. 
No doubt when he looked at Peter and John, he probably thought, well, finally somebody, maybe they'll give me a good donation today. And he looked with expectation. I want to come to say somebody here today, you may not even known what to expect when you got here, but you expected to encounter God. That's all you expected. You may not have known what it was going to look like, what it was going to sound like, or what it was going to feel like, but you expected something. And when he looked at Peter and John, Peter looked back at that man and he said, I don't have silver. I don't have gold. I don't have money. I don't have what you think you need. You see, hurting people, broken people, lost people think they need what they really don't need. They think they need it because that's all they've ever been offered. And maybe that's someone today. You've already tried everything you don't need. Maybe you don't know there's something better that's available. But there is something better available. Silver and gold have I none. Some of you need to quit focusing on what you don't have. Peter, John, hear me today. Some of you need to quit focusing on what you don't have. I don't have silver and gold. Moses said, I don't have eloquence of speech. Gideon said, I don't have leadership ability. The 10 spies said, we don't have what we need to take the land. Quit focusing on what you have. You've got everything you need to do the work God has called you to do. But such as I have, you've got something. Turn to somebody today and say, I've got something. Come on, tell somebody, I've got something. Quit downplaying what you don't have. Quit saying it's not enough. Quit saying it's not what they have. But such as I have, I've got something down deep inside of me. It may not be much, but it's the Holy Ghost. It's down deep in me, and I've got it. I've got it. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. There's something about the name. There's something about the name. When you don't have anything else, you have the name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Sometimes all it takes is speaking the name. When you face a sickness, speak the name. When you're confronted by a mountain, speak the name. When you stand in darkness, speak the name. When you don't know what else to do, speak the name. Some of you here today, God is calling you to witness to someone about the name. Some of you, God's calling you to pray over someone in the name. However, sometimes just speaking the name isn't enough. I know that sounds heretical. Sometimes just speaking the name will not be enough. Let me be real with you. I've ever looked at a situation and spoke the name of Jesus, but it seemed nothing changed. The name of Jesus isn't a magic word that we call hocus pocus over the situation. 
I can point to many times in my life when I spoke the name and things did change. A miracle did happen. But I can also point you to a situation when I spoke that powerful name and it seemed nothing changed. But Peter and John were radical believers. And I'm reaching for some radical believers today. They were sold out. They were not ashamed of the power and message of Jesus Christ. And I believe the Lord is looking this world over for a church who's not ashamed and will be bold enough to not just speak the name and declare they have the name, but bold enough to put action behind their spoken faith. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And what happened? Did the man leap up? Did the man respond to what Peter said and get to his feet? No. Nothing happened or nothing seemed to happen on the outward when Peter said those powerful words. In the name of Jesus, get up. And the lame man still looks at there, eyes fastened on Peter. The lame man didn't move, though his faith was awakened. His physical condition did not change. So Peter, instead of cowering away and backing down and thinking, oh, I made a mistake and there really must not be power in that name, Peter didn't stop. He looked at the man and he reached out his hand and he touched him and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And the Bible says immediately strength came, healing came, healing came in Jesus name hear me today sometimes our faith needs to be put into action put some fingers on your faith it's easy to hide behind the name it's easy to say we're people of the name it's easy to say we're apostolic but what about when you speak the name and you don't see anything on the outside change is there something inside that witnesses in your spirit oh there's a change taking place all right and reach out your hand and lift them up I think we back down too often. I think we cower back sometimes too often, ashamed of the name, ashamed of who we are because we expect to see things change at the moment we speak that name. But let me tell you, things are changing. Things do change when you speak the name. Things do change in the spirit when you call on the name of Jesus. But it's going to take some radical believers who when you don't see it with your carnal eyes, you see something happening in your spiritual eyes. And you're able to reach down and touch somebody and lift them up. There was somewhere in the process of Peter touching him and lifting him that his feet and ankle bones received strength. What if Peter would have just stopped at saying the prayer? What if Peter would have just stopped at speaking the name? And when he didn't see anything happening, maybe he'd have done like I've done. Well, I guess it wasn't the Lord's will. The Lord bless you. Here's some silver and gold. I got to get to the church and pray. But I believe 
there's some radical believers. I believe there's some things that are about to happen in these last days. I believe there's some things God wants to do in and through this people that if we'll just not only hide behind the name, but we'll step out and be willing to put some fingers on our faith, be willing to put some action behind our faith and reach out and touch somebody and lift them up. Because if we really believe what God says, if we really believe God's word, we'll try to get that Bible study with our coworker. If we really believe God delivers, we'll continue to build that relationship with the one that's been rejected. Yes, speak the name, declare the name, preach the name. But when you speak the name, stretch out your hand. Don't be afraid to get your hand dirty. Don't be afraid to invite them over for dinner. Don't be afraid to go take them out to eat. Don't be afraid to sit down and give them a Bible study. I know the outward appearance might say they don't look hungry and it looks like nothing's happening. But let me tell you in the Holy Ghost today, there's so much more happening in the lives of people you're touching than you can even believe and understand right now. And if you'll just reach out, if you'll just put your fingers on your faith, God will do the miraculous. So I lift your hands to heaven right now. I feel the Lord in this place. God is in this place. He's reaching for somebody. He's reaching for somebody. I believe there's some lame, just like in this story, that God wants to raise up and deliver. You've come to the moment that's going to change your life today. God's going to move in you, and God's going to do some radical change in you. You won't even believe the work God does in you. He's going to wash away your sins. He's going to bring you, give you a brand new life. I believe that's available to you today. But Peter, John, You've got the name. There's power in the name. I know you've been praying for that person. I know you've been texting that person. And you're getting discouraged because you don't think anything's happening. There's something happening. There's something happening in the Holy Ghost. There's something taking place in the Holy Ghost. There's something happening in ways we can't quite see just yet with our own eyes. And there's a work for you to do. I had the strangest thing happen to me a few months ago. Didn't know if I was going to share this today, but I shared it with Urshan College students last week. Strangest thing happened to me a few months ago. It's out of the blue, I got this text message number I didn't know. I didn't know who the person was. 636 number. It was somewhere across the river. Actually, I got a phone call first. And when I went to answer it, I hung up. And I normally don't call back numbers I don't recognize. But I immediately hit redial and I called him back. He said, hello? I said, somebody just called me from this this number, did you, do you need something? And the guy on the other end said, Mike? I said, no, my name's Jonathan. He said, well, I knew it wasn't gonna be Mike. 
Mike was my brother who died five years ago today. He had your number. And just kind of hoping somebody would pick up the phone. We talked for a few minutes and hung up, and I told him, you know, reach out to me anytime. I, a little while later, he texted me, and he, he said, thank you so much for answering the phone. It was just really cool to hear a voice on the other end of the line. I hadn't heard calling that number in five years. A few months later, it was another casual contact, and then a week ago Saturday, I got a text message about 7.30 in the morning. He said, Jonathan, have you ever heard a song that just really got you down in your soul? I said, yeah. He said, my brother and I used to listen to music and we send each other songs. I said, that's cool. I said, what kind of songs you, you know, would you listen to? And he, he sent me back this classic rock song, some cover band on YouTube. I didn't know who they were. The song was slightly familiar and and I just kind of thumbsed up. I didn't really respond much. And then a few minutes later, he said, what about you? Any songs? And I looked over at my wife and I said, do I send speak the name of Jesus now? Or do I wait? And I said a prayer. And, I, and you might not think that I followed the leading of the Spirit when I tell you what I sent him back. But I thought about it for a while. And I thought of a strategy because there's coming a day when I'm going to send him to speak the name of Jesus. But I need to create a little segue here. And so I said there was a moment in my life in my teenage years where I really wasn't, um, you know, just kind of struggling, whatever. And I, I used to listen to songs like this. And I sent him a cover band singing Chicago's You're My Inspiration. He messaged me back. He said, man, what a song. What a cover band. That was awesome. Thanks, Jonathan, for sharing that with me. I preached last Thursday at Urshan. I told him how followers are called to fish. We're to be fishers of men. And I challenged all the Urshan students. I said, today, today's fishing day. Everybody in this room, I want you to call somebody, text somebody, somebody you've, and I want you just to, even if it's just saying, can I pray for you? Later that evening, my wife and I were sitting at a restaurant and I said, you know what, I need to text that guy. I still don't know his name. I know his brother's name, Mike. I still don't even know his name. It's a process. So I sat there at the table and I texted him a message, just something really simple. I said, hey man, I, you popped in my mind today. I want you to know that I prayed for you. I don't know what your religious leanings are, but I prayed for you. I know some days probably get harder than others. A few minutes later, I got a text back from him. He said, thank you so much. He said, there's tears streaming down my face right now that somebody would think that much of me. That story's to be continued. Brother Bland, he's got a 636 number, so I'm, I'm believing he's probably somewhere out Lake St. Louis, Winsford area. I just kind of tend to believe that that's probably where he's living. I don't know. you might not think anything's happening. That was a small little text for me to send, but you know how it is. We get kind of nervous. How are they going to respond? You're praying for me? And when I got that back, 
we were actually sitting, pulled over to the side of the road in Lake St. Louis, praying over the city. And that text message came back. There's tears flowing down my face right now. Thank you so much for sharing that. There will come a day where I'm going to send him, I speak the name of Jesus. And maybe be here in the sanctuary where I'll introduce you to him at this pulpit and tell you, this is my friend who God just randomly connected us, but he was hungry and God changed his life. Musicians, would you come? If you can't tell, I'm reaching for kind of two segments here today. I believe there's some people here, you've never felt church like this before. You didn't really know what to expect when you came and sat in a big congregation like this. You heard singing like you heard. But you did come expecting something. You came expecting that God would be here. Because that's what we expect when we go to church. At least we hope, right? That God's here. This man in the scripture, he didn't expect what he got. He just came expecting something. And that expectation became fertile soil for a miraculous experience that he didn't know was going to happen. So I'm reaching for somebody here today Maybe that's you. You came expecting something. But now as the service has gone along and it's drawing to an end, you hear this guy up there screaming and yelling, thinking, what's he angry at? I'm not angry. I just know the Lord loves to meet the needs of hungry people. And he's reaching for you. And he loves you. And he wants to change your life for the better. He's promised that you could have life more abundantly. And you know, all you have to do is express your need to him. Ask him to forgive you. And God will do a work in your life. But I'm also reaching for Peter and John. Those maybe that you're hiding behind the name like to declare we're apostolic. We like to declare we're people of the name. We like to pray powerful prayers in the name of Jesus. But then when we don't see anything happening in front of our eyes, we start to wonder, is it really real? Do I really have what the Bible says I have? So we sit immobilized, doing good works, but intimidated to actually reach out our hand and trust there's something going on inside that life. And if I'll just express a little bit of faith and lift them up, touch their life, the power of God will do the work that I can't do. His spirit will move in ways that I can't make happen. I can get up here and I do, I get animated, I get excited and I'll scream, I'll raise my voice, but that won't change anything. 
Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Would you stand with me right now? I wonder if there's somebody in this place here today that you will just join in faith with me and you'll just believe that that co-worker you've been working on, that whatever they need is your but such as I have. That that friend you've been witnessing to, I want you to believe there's something going on inside them and whatever they need, it is found in your but such as I have. God has given you everything you need to do the work he's called you to do. I wonder if today we can make up in our mind when I leave this place today. I'm not just going to pray a prayer of consecration in the altar, but I'm going to reach out to somebody. I'm going to speak the name to somebody and I'm going to believe God is at work in that situation. Somebody right now, would you lift up your voice? Would you lift up your voice? Would you call it the name of Jesus? God, do your work.